What's good, everybody? Friday morning edition NHL Fantasy on Ice. Pete Jensen, Rob Reese, guest Nick Alberga from Sportsnet. Guys, what's up? We're about a month into this NHL season. Hard to believe, right? It's crazy, guys. How you doing, Nick? Welcome back to the show. Fantastic. I have the Afro Man uh, Afro going right now. We can't get haircuts here, so sometime in August of 2023, I'll have a brand new haircut for you guys. Crazy, man. You you guys have been in lockdown (laughs) for a while now, right? Like, how long has it been? Yeah, I can't remember. That's how long. No, like uh, mid mid October around there. It's it's been a long process, but again, uh, health Crazy. is paramount, and it's cool growing out your hair, especially even when it grows out like this. It's fun. Hey, you're never gonna have an opportunity, right, in the rest of your life to grow out your hair, and, and no one's gonna say anything. I had mine down on my shoulders. I finally had to cut it because there was like rodents flying around back there in the back <laughs> of the mullet. So I had to get the hair. Let it go, Nikki. Let it go. I mean. Let's get to the fantasy, though. Where are we going? Who's taking the ship and steering it? Robbie, what do you got? Petey, what do you got? Where we yeah, want to go here? I mean, we're, we're going back to Columbus here just because we got to get Nick's thoughts on what's going on with this team. All of a sudden, they're an exciting fantasy team, something that you really haven't said uh, in years, right, Nick? So Roslevic again delivers uh, last night against Chicago, 6-5 win. Columbus is hitting the overs now, too, which is great. So what do you make of this team, Nick? You, obviously, you're buying into Roslevic, but what do you see beyond that? Yeah, that game was tremendous last night. I was watching it rather astutely because I had a couple of coins on there, if you know what I mean. But uh, Columbus and Chicago was a lot of value, a lot of fun. Um, you know, even the Kevin Lankinen story, we've been getting the questions. I'm sure you guys have buy, sell, hold. For sure. I'm selling. I'm not a believer in Chicago. And I think we saw an indication of that last night, defensively speaking. There's some major league issues with that team. But, uh, you know, I, I touted this as soon as it happened. The Patrick Line A trade, I think, just opens up so much. And then not to mention, they bring in uh, on uh, Ohio native, I should say, and Jack Roslevic. I, I just think it's a good fit. He's been really, really impressive thus far. And I think Line A adds value throughout that lineup. Zach Wierenski's here right now, but I'm certainly buying on Roslevic. And don't forget Cam Atkinson, who had one and three last night, right? Yeah, I was going to say Cam Atkinson, uh, bounce back city after we were talking about that for a couple of weeks. And uh, that's a guy that maybe if Roslevic has already been picked up, like I know I got a fan question, like Roslevic's already gone. Are you guys believing in Cam Atkinson? Obviously a 40 plus goal scorer once before in his career, always the high shot volume. And you finally see the returns here. It seems to me like Columbus, like Robbie said, with the kind of the pressure off them a little bit, like a little bit more motivation after that call went against them earlier in the week. Like it turns into floodgates. This team definitely has some offensive flair. We just like are waiting to see it all come together. And it was the first indication uh, on Thursday. Yeah, I'm buying think- into, in, into Atkinson for sure. Uh, I mean, this is, you have to at this point, Petey, right? I mean, his shot volume historically has been great. In fantasy, he does deliver typically season to season, but we've seen it now, him being a little bit inconsistent more often, uh, especially this year starting slow. And then last year too, he had some stretches like that. But I think if this lineup placement sticks, Nick, I mean, you have to be picking this guy up and, and he's got a great position too in fantasy, one of many needs. Yeah, certainly. I think right now, without question, you have to take a stab and, and take a flyer, if you want to call it that, uh, when it comes to Jack Rosovic. I think bottom line, guys, as you guys know, uh, the questions have been flowing in. What do I do with all the guys sitting on my bench and on my fantasy roster not playing? You know, and I, you know, I gave the rule of thumb last week that maybe anybody under 60 percent, um, you know, ownership, I think, is, is grounds to cut right now, just because it's a season like we've never seen. Right. You need guys in your lineup. So. I think for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, you look at Jack Rosalvik right now, guys. 
And it's tough too with the betting stuff because you get close to puck drop. You got the 5 p.m. Eastern COVID-19 protocol list. It changes things drastically. Of course, during warmups yesterday, you see Steven Stamkos wasn't there. All of a sudden you start to say, hey, maybe the Panthers can do this. Maybe they have a much better chance of actually stepping up to the plate and, and winning a big game. And they did that. Like that was my big takeaway from Thursday is that the Florida Panthers, even without Stamkos there for the Lightning, even with Sorelli leaving in the third period, like that game was over and done with. And finally, they, you know, really delivered here. And we all knew that they had the upside for many years, but, you know, so many duds, especially in home games. I know there's only a couple of fans in the building, but you got to feel good this morning as a Florida Panthers fan. In hindsight, though, in hindsight, we all know it's always perfect. If you're looking at big picture, you probably should have jumped on the Florida Panthers. It's three and four for Tampa. You know, they, they got the, the buck celebration going on. Florida's hungry. Tampa's won the title. And, and you know, you, the writing was on the wall there. Tampa's not going to win every single game. And Florida's up and coming. I'm not ready to say Florida's the real deal because they beat you know, Tampa three and four. Still a long ways to go. It was a nice win for Florida. But in hindsight, I'm looking at the game like, why didn't I take Florida here? I should have I should have just been on that. Well, Verhage's now up to seven goals. He had one last night, five shots. I mean, he can really play, Nick. And I know you, I think a couple of weeks ago on Twitter, kind of compared him to Jonathan Marcheseau, right? Kind of based on his yep. career trajectory. I think it's a it's a spot on comparison. And if this keeps up, gentlemen, I mean, he could be one of the best waiver wire ads of the entire season, especially if we end up in a points percentage situation here for Florida and they do remain around, you know, top in their division. I think you're going to get a lot of return out of that player. Totally right. And again, shout out to Carter Verhage's Pops, who's a, a Toronto fire captain here in Toronto. So there's a lineage of the firefighter. Um, and I, I think you're, you're so right. And, you know, the thing to document from a DFS standpoint, uh, you mentioned the COVID list, guys. Anthony Duclair thrown on there. And it looks like another former Lightning. It seems like the, uh, the Cats roster is littered with those, including Verhage, is playing on that top line with Barkov and Verhage. And that combo is something else, isn't it? Right? Like we always have those stories throughout a season of top duos if you will and I think the the chemistry building and budding right now with Barkov and Verhage I think is really understated in the NHL world maybe because it's the Panthers and with all due respect to them especially in this country everybody's just looking at the North Division and saying there's other teams yes there are I really really like what's going on in Florida but I totally agree <laughs> it's you know we're what 10 games into this season for the Panthers uh they got a lot of uh Florida games ahead right yeah and there's so many other encouraging things about the Panthers this year like I know Bob has been decent at best at different points, but the point percentage still looks sparkling on this Friday morning. Of course, you have Patrick Hornquist on the second line. And this is an interesting thing I took away from Thursday. Like Alexander Wenberg, like definitely looks rejuvenated. I know he's center only. I think he is at least yeah. last I checked. But anyway, he's playing with Huberto, who has got 15 points in 11 games. And we know that Huberto has been elite for a few years running, but the fact that he's remaining elite on the separate line from Barkov and then now has Wenberg in the picture, a former, uh, what, 59-point scorer a few years ago. And then you got on the power play, you got Ekblad looking like he's having a full-fledged breakout, former number one pick. So, like, it's all starting to materialize here at once. And a lot of these depth signings of the offseason for Hagee, you know, Duclair, Definitely Wenberg. They're paying huge dividends, bigger than like last year when they had Dadnov and Hoffman. And that's been the dream, right? And, and, and Rob, you can hop in here. That's been the dream, I think, for Florida, right? It's to split up Huberto and Barkov and not have the drop off. And it just as 
as Pete mentioned, I think it's funny that no Hoffman, no Dadnov, and no Denisenko, who we expected to be in the top six this season, ditto for Owen Tippett. And it's, you know, not surprisingly, a guy like Patrick Hornfist. Um, you know, Duclair has been great. Conley has been elevated up the lineup a tad here. So I think from that perspective, it's really good news. I just, I still have my thoughts about Florida defensively. Um, Sergey Bobrovsky, while he was good last night, he hasn't been good earlier. And I still documented last week that Chris Drieger could be grabbing that number one spot. Um, in the upcoming weeks here. Well, it's interesting to see Bob get the start last night. I mean, he gets yeah. the W, but a 905 <laughs> save percentage and, and only allowing two goals. I mean, again, in fantasy this year, like that's okay, you know, because you just need the goaltender appearance at this point. I'll take <laughs> yeah. it, but you're not getting a whole lot of value from the 905 save percentage. And I think if I were to say, what's my concern about Florida the rest of the season, it's that this goaltender controversy is still front and center of that team. Now, Look, when I'm looking at two different teams, whether it's Chicago or Florida, Florida is way more sustainable this season than Chicago is. No question about that. But I really do think it needs to be Dreger, and you're even seeing it a little bit last night. Not a heavy workload for Bob, but still, 905, that's not going to cut it. It might be Dreger. You might need Dreger. It's never going to be Dreger. They they paid Bobrovsky the money. They're not going to cut the ties with Bobrovsky. I just don't see it happening. I, I With that much money tied into your goalie, I agree with you. Dreger should get more opportunity you know, he'll get a couple spot stars, but they're not going to take they're not going to take away starting Bobrovsky, especially this season. You need the two goalies. He's getting paid a bundle of money. How do you do it? You just can't. Yeah, my question is, like, you need the gate more and you need the postseason more if you're Florida. Right. I think you, you put the guy who's giving you the best chance to win. And right now, I agree with everybody in this conversation. It ain't Sergey Bobrovsky and his eight billion dollar contract. <laughs> And yeah, look ahead to next year when Spencer Knight might come into the yeah. picture or the year after that. I mean, all of a sudden you I got you maybe two Seattle to take Bobrovsky, right? Maybe, <laughs> but you're maybe going to have two better goalies than Bobrovsky going into the training camp next year or the year after that. So that's something that I don't know if they're looking forward to that, but uh, that's going to be a little extra, you know, light in the fire under Bobrovsky, hopefully. But if he doesn't perform, maybe, you know, they'll have to make uh, an unfortunate decision. I want to dive into the conversation too, guys, because I, you know, I thought it was fascinating, um, you know, Thursday night, the Pittsburgh Penguins, this new era of truculent hockey, if you will, in, in <laughs> Pittsburgh, it starts and they're down and then they, they come back and they win in the shootout of getting Malkin scores a goal. I don't know about you guys. Everybody's asking me what to do with Malkin. The only logical play right now is to hold, but I know you guys probably talked about this earlier this week, but how do you feel um, now that Hextall and, and Brian Burke are, are now in town in Pittsburgh? I mean, it's interesting, right, Nick, because I think you are in a position with Malkin, uh, speaking of which, that you might need to decide his future, whether he's going to remain with the team or not. Yeah. Uh, from a fantasy lens, though, I, I like it. It's probably a little short-term boost, right? A little short-term motivation. Yep. It's nice for them that the Caps have been off the entire week, or maybe not because they'll be fully healthy this Sunday when they, when they meet. But nonetheless, it's an opportunity for Pittsburgh to kind of climb back up the standings, get back into those competitive landscape games. Still, though, you know, against the New York Islanders, scraping by late goal. I just want to see a little bit more of a Pittsburgh Penguins type of win, which is to play a full 60, which is to play hard-nosed hockey, and for Gino to deliver a little bit sooner in the third period. Yeah, for fantasy, I mean, I have Malkin in one of my leagues, and like, it's just, I feel like once he goes on that five or six game point streak, which is inevitable, like, that's the time you got to just unload him in a trade and try to capitalize on the height of his value you know he's going to be he, he was clutch yesterday I mean I know it's against the Islanders who haven't been a great team but it's uh this year but yeah Malkin's gonna heat up at some point 
he's going to get going. And that's the time that you uh, trade him in fantasy. It's as simple as that. No, I agree. And I think across the board, uh, you know, from a fantasy lens, as you guys intimated, um, you know, I think there's some buy low uh, appeal. Um, you know, I think you look at Jake Ken, so clearly Evgeny Malkin, not so much Sidney Crosby. The, the, the interesting about Crosby, too, uh, it's been 12 games and he's yet to score an even strength goal, which I think is remarkable. But by wow. his standards, it's been a so-so start. But I, I think there's a lot of value in buying low on that team. Um, you know, I'm still staying away from Chris Letang. For my money, I never take him in fantasy. He just gets way too hurt all the time. We brought up Pierre-Olivier Joseph a couple weeks back. Like, there's some intriguing names. Even Jason Zucker's had a tough start and Brian Russ. So I think fantasy owners out there, if you're looking to get some value on the trade market, I think you look at Pittsburgh. Um, I'd probably stay away from their crease because again, Tristan Jari, his numbers haven't been great. And when they're starting the backup who hasn't played in the league in like two years, you know, there's a problem there. Well, there's a major problem outside of those guys too. They only have one regulation win tied for lowest in the league with the San Jose Sharks. I mean, I think this Pittsburgh team is going to hang around in games. I think they're going to take advantage of matchups in that division at times when New Jersey gets back into the fold, right? But I, I think this is just a year where I'm passing on this Pittsburgh Penguins team. And I think it dates back to their uh, you know, postseason performance last year, right guys? It's like, how did that team get through the regular season last year with seemingly everybody missing an extended amount of time, fought through it, and then just absolutely laid an egg in the postseason? And now we're seeing this kind of new look Pittsburgh Penguins, which really doesn't have a whole lot of identity anymore. I still like Crosby in fantasy. It's hard not to write uh, with his category coverage. But when you look at guys like Malk and you got guys like Russ now that, that was very valuable last year, I'm just not seeing a whole lot of clear picture here for the remainder of the season. And the thing I think about the more I digest it this week is like if they're bringing in like, you know, two older guys like Hextall and, and Burke, like to run the organization, like does that mean that they're trying to turn this thing around and retool on the fly and compete in the next two or three years? I don't know if that's the best strategy. And thus, if that's what you're going for, it might not have made sense to bring in two older guys if you're going for more of a full-fledged uh, rebuild turnaround over, say, three or four or five years, which is, I think, what the Penguins should, should do. But um, that's probably not what they're going to do because they have so many win-now pieces, you know? Yeah, they're going to go after it. From, from everything I've heard from Brian Burke specifically, now the president of hockey operations, but my former uh, co-worker at Sportsnet, um, they're going to go after it. I think what we've seen with Brian Burke teams is sort of an assessment period, which we'll start to see over the next couple of weeks. And then he'll, he'll, uh, you know, he'll, he'll find a way to get somebody into the fold. Who's going to make a difference place with some bites, some edge, some bottom six guys. Um, I think another guy that uh, I'm curious about is Zach Aston Reese, right? He made his uh, season debut last night, picked up a goal. I think, you know, there's a lot of players with internal value, on this Pittsburgh roster who like play up the lineup sometimes. And anytime you have attachment to Crosby or Malkin, I think you have to, to give a serious look from a DSF uh, or DFS, I should say point of view. So Aston Reese is a guy I would look at right now. So I wanted to get your take, Nick, on the Winnipeg Jets. Nice five to one win. Of, of course, it came against the Senators, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, Stasny, huge game, played 21 minutes, a couple points for him. Now, Pierre-Luc Dubois was held off the score sheet in this one against the Senators. What do you make of this situation for Dubois? Do you like the players still remainder of the season in fantasy? Well, I'll preface by saying I'm not crazy about the file. Like in general, uh, I wasn't going into this season with Columbus. Um, I'm not a fan of the trade. I, I think Line and Roslevic are going to roll. And so far that has been the case, regardless of how many times Line gets benched. Uh, you know, I think Dubois, 
you know, he fits a certain need with the Winnipeg Jets. I think you slot him in perfectly with Mark Shifley, and it's it's huge, especially in a matchup game, especially here um, in the North Division. Uh, but, you know, I'm curious to see who he plays with. I know Paul Stasny had a big game. Uh, you know, I think early on it, it's tough to, you know, have expectations for Dubois because he missed like two weeks of practice time, which I think is vital, especially in a season like this. So I'm going to give him a little bit of time before making an accurate, you know, player judgment on this. But, uh, uh, you know, how could you not be happy with a guy playing in Winnipeg because that team can score goals, right? Especially in this division where uh, defense is not um, something we see very often. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that, like, you always look for the ripple effect on both lineups. We're talking about it with Atkinson. You talk about some of the players associated. We were talking about the defenseman a couple of weeks ago when the trade happened. It's been Morrissey, like, trending down over the past couple of weeks. And Neil Pionk is on a nice little point streak. I saw he had a really pretty wraparound goal um, yesterday against the Senators. So Pionk is back to must-own, I think. And he's another guy that covers hits. I mean... You know our list in the preseason, but yeah. just a couple of guys you mentioned already, like Peon covers hits, Brian Rust, who plays a lot with Crosby or Malkin, covers hits, Zach Aston Reese as well, covers hits almost every single night. So that's just something to keep in mind if your league counts that category. Yeah, I'm happy you brought up my guy, Neil Pionk, because I, I, you know, I think ultimately in fantasy hockey, especially in this season, you're always looking for that defenseman who will give you value. And I think Pionk's a perfect example of that because he's at a so-so start from an offensive standpoint, but he plays more times than not with the big boys on the power play. Uh, you know, he loves his helpers. I, I think there's a lot of value in going after Neil Pionk right now when it comes to the trade market in fantasy hockey, because it's just so hard to find those guys who will contribute more often than not. So I like that play quite a bit, Pete. So one storyline to watch here for the Jets. I was talking about Pete with this yesterday. I just have a gut feeling the Habs might be in a little bit of trouble. The Uh reason why I say this, and and again, (laughs) I like this Habs team, but the reason why I want to air this out here and maybe sell some of these guys in fantasy, a team like Winnipeg gets going, which they will now. They've got three strong centers. Those teams always win. They always win in the postseason too. So watch out for them to stay hot. Second thing is Edmonton seems to have a big boost here with Mike Smith returning. I wouldn't have really seen that one coming, to be honest, from a goaltender perspective. I know, Bob, you can probably echo See the same again. sentiment there, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's surprising. Right? Yeah. But but I think Not if they help. start to stay a little bit consistent, you know, you're going to see this this Montreal team have a tougher time picking up wins. And then same thing with Calgary. If they start to raffle off some wins here, I think this Montreal team may be in for a little reality check. Yeah, I mean, they're going to they're gonna go toe-to-toe with uh, Toronto. Most games they play them, you're less concerned about that when you see them, you know, dropping a bad game here and getting shut out by Edmonton there. And, you know, some of these, it's like, are they struggling to get up to the competition in terms of quality opponents? I, I don't know. It's just something to keep in mind. Like, they've had some lapses lately. You wonder when Josh Anderson uh, cools off a little bit. You're already seeing Tyler Toffoli cooling off. You knew he wasn't going to keep that up on the third line, you know, maybe if he was playing up top. But then look at their top line. Those guys aren't really scoring either with Tatar, who dropped out of our rankings this week, and Gallagher provides the coverage, but his goals are usually every other night at best at this point. So, yeah, it's their concerns about that team. They, they do have the depth, which will help them. And Jake Allen, when he starts, has been, like, phenomenal, one of the best goalies in the league over the past two years combined. But – yeah, definitely some red flags, I think, that we see going on in Montreal right now. 
Yeah, I would say the key here is to maximize value. And I, you know, I always write on my fantasy uh, stuff and I always put it out there. Patience is a virtue. I always chuckle like a colleague of ours, Boomer Gordon, who does excellent work with NHL Network Radio, is the most impatient person I've ever met. Like three days in, he's cutting everybody on his team. That's probably why I always beat him in fantasy hockey, right? Like I think to an extent... Um, some, some shade was thrown there, but to, to an extent, I think you have to be patient with your roster and fair with your roster. Like I own Joe Pavelski. I'm not going out there and saying, Hey, give me Sidney Crosby for Joe Pavelski. You got to be realistic that somebody's going to come back down to earth. Jeff Petrie comes to mind. Tyler Toffoli. I've watched LA Kings hockey for the last, you know, 10 years, quite a bit. I can tell you Tyler Toffoli, his face goes on a milk carton a lot. And that's nothing against Tyler Toffoli, but he had, he's a streaky goal scorer. A lot of these guys are, right? The bona fide scorers in this league, they're the, the least streakiest, if that makes sense. But there are guys who are going to go on streaks like this that they can't buy a goal. And I think it's going to happen across the board when it comes to Montreal. So that's my biggest advice for people who own Montreal Canadiens right now who have had hot starts. I think you have to look at the trade market and sell high on these guys because there's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. You know, I think a perfect example is the team I cover with the Maple Leafs. Yeah, they're 11-2 and one out of the gates. Are they going to continue to win every hockey game? No, as we talked about earlier, there's going to be those blips, those tough games and those tough stretches. So I just think as a fantasy owner, you have to have big picture in mind sometimes. You absolutely have to have big picture in mind. And it's, it's just two games for the Habs. It's, I don't think the wheels are falling off the bus here completely, but I wanted to bring it up because my main concern here is Carey Price is just not looking like the Carey Price that we know. And in that division, you're going to need a little bit better goaltending. You, you're getting it from Jake Allen, but he's not going to be the starter there. That's just the way it is in Montreal, right? So I would caution there just a little bit. And you mentioned it with all these guys getting off the lightning hot starts. I mean, that's just not sustainable unless your name is Leon Dreisaitl unless your name is Connor McDavid. But to swing it forward here, you did mention patience, Nick. And I think the one guy in fantasy right now I'm getting the most questions on Twitter about is Tavo Teravainen for the Carolina Hurricanes. He is off to a major slow start, back from the COVID list now, still waiting to get it going. What do you make of Turbo? Well, that's a, you know, I'm happy you brought that up because, again, I myself as a fantasy owner have been contemplating a buy buy low, if you will, on Tavo Teravainen. But I think this year specifically, guys, it's just so hard to quantify what you're getting in a player. Like, you know, as you mentioned earlier on, yeah, it's great to see the Washington Capitals, their entire team is off the COVID list. But what's my expectation, right? I think, you know, I'm not giving, you know, examples or, you know, reasons why I should say Teravainen has struggled and excuses. But, I mean, to come off COVID, everybody handles it differently. I just wonder if Teravainen, Tara that's something that he just really has to have dealt with and, and can't get back up to his old ways. And then ultimately you, you lose racetrack on the season. So uh, while in normal times, I love Teravainen, I start to wonder how much of an impact getting COVID has had on the player. Cause I think you're so right. Uh, there's a lot of people caught in flux when it comes to table Teravainen, especially uh, when it comes to line deployment, right? Yeah, I mean, earlier in the week, we saw Brock McGinn there mm-hmm. instead of him on the line with Stretchnikov and Ajo. It seems like they're just tinkering Ajo's line every other game these days. Yeah. I mean, I saw Teravine who was back up there to start the game yesterday. So who knows? I mean, Teravine is, is a high-end player uh, that I think will pick it up over the course of the season. I like your idea, Nick, to buy low on him. You could really get him. There are people yeah. out there. I know we talked about it on a previous show, Robbie, <laughs> and we were laughing about it, but there are people out there dropping Teravine in, in shallow leagues. I mean, that's yeah. a type of guy that should be rostered in all formats because he will eventually get it going and he'll probably be 
you know, first line and power play one when the dust settles here. But yeah, you look at no goals through eight games and, you know, a decent shot volume in the span, but he only played like 15 minutes last night. So, and that's with some time with Ajo. So just some concerns all around with the player. Uh, he seems to be just like, even after he came off the, the list, he's just like dipping more and more every single week, it seems, unfortunately. It's it's funny you brought that up because I, as you guys know, I'm like in a billion fantasy leagues, but I commission a lot of them too. And I had to just rip into somebody for dropping Teravine. And I'm like, dude, you have a buddy who covers <laughs> fantasy hockey. Like at least ask me the question. It's like, I'm not the guru of fantasy <laughs> hockey, but I can tell you patience is important, especially with a guy that presumably you took in your top 50. I'm certainly not endorsing that. Like if you're really upset with the play of Teravine and trade him, get something for him. Don't drop him to the waiver wire and have guys like me pick him up. Right. Well, and I, I think what it is too, Nick, is that you, you check the scores from last night. And then if you're a Teravine and manager in fantasy, you say, Oh, five to three over Dallas. He definitely had a point. And then when he doesn't, it's like, okay, this is starting to get a little bit hard. But when you have a player like turbo, I mean, there's really only one option. It's to hold the same thing with Sabanajad. I mean, unless you're going to trade for the player, you can't really do anything else. Like, it just doesn't make sense, right? It's a bandage ad eventually is going to get going. Turbo eventually is going to get going, but similar situations for both players where in this shortened season, I mean, you need guys to produce and you need them now or you're going to fall behind and maybe risk missing the fantasy playoffs. Totally right. And, you know, I've been, last night was the happiest I've been in 14 months. No, probably not. Eric Carlson picked up a point, guys. Uh, Like, I've been asked about this player a lot. And again, you talk about holds right now. You can't drop the guy. You can't trade the guy. But where else are you going to find a guy on the waiver wire who plays 25 minutes a night, gets, you know, power play duties? You just hope for the best sometimes, right? Like fantasy hockey is an element of luck as well. And you just hope Eric Carlson finds his game, right? Like I I think you're so right on, on those guys. Like if I'm always, you know, I love making trades. I always message you guys about trades. I love dealing. And that's what leads me to, to victory sometimes. Do what works for you. But I, I think you have to be careful, um, you know, with these type of players, because I, I just don't think you're going to find value elsewhere right now. I mean, I have Carlson in one fantasy league that doesn't count <laughs> plus minus. And yeah. he's like my fourth defenseman. So I'm exactly. keeping him. I mean, he's gonna yeah. he should get you the points when it's all said and done. I think yeah. entering the year, at least he was like still top 10 in defenseman points per game, you know, during his Sharks tenure. But like that Sharks team is going down. They've been going down for weeks and months. They didn't play for 11 months, or at least Carlson didn't. And, uh, you know, he's playing a heavy workload and just the efficiency, unfortunately, is just like not there anymore for him. They leave as bad as Martin Jones is. They leave him out to dry half the time. It's just it's a bad situation over there and um, getting blown out by the L.A. Kings. I mean. The LA Kings probably shouldn't be blowing out anybody right now, and they just blew out the Sharks. So, oh, it's it's. I don't want to laugh, Pete, but it's uh, quite funny when you go down the the, the rabbit hole and start <laughs> dogging the Sharks. They've been terrible, so I, I feel your pain. And Carlson, we've been talking about it forever. I mean, he's just falling off a cliff. Um, is not the player that signed that deal. Um, we know that. Go yeah. ahead, Nick. No, I just think the ultimate irony that. Martin Jones is exceptional in shootouts. I, I laugh every time I see him win a shootout. Yeah. Like he can't lose in a shootout, but he can't make a save <laughs> in the actual game. It makes no sense to me. He's got like 
four shootout wins or something yeah, it's insane. And like a, he's got like an 870 yeah. save percentage in in real life or thankfully they still do the shootout for martin jones's <laughs> sake it, it's also exactly. tough on the sharks they got to go play these games in arizona i i, I feel bad yeah. for the sharks that component of it because yeah. that that yeah. can't be that can't be fun where, where you're basically on the road all the time so yeah uh, I, I feel for the team they're still not a good team they're they're constructed and you're like what the heck's going on but it's funny. I had Keith Jones on NHL at the rink and he said, he's like, you know what? He's an analyst. He's like, I cannot be overly critical of any player this year, just based on everything that's yes. going on. I'm just happy that they're playing. They're giving it their all to just entertain us. And that's a fair point. You know, it's like we're, we dog these players, but when you start looking what they're going through, it's like, it's not the easiest thing. No, I sympathize a little bit with that situation, especially with the Sharks playing in Arizona, as you mentioned. But I think this is a prime example for the National Hockey League that you can't rebuild on the fly in this league. It just does not work. And if they would have taken it a little bit more seriously, if they would have been saying, hey, we are going to rebuild, we are just going to strip it down and move forward. I think I'm looking at a team like Pittsburgh right now. I don't think you'd strip that thing down to the chassis. But I do think this is a nice word of caution and a really good example of what happens when you try to get too cute and rebuild on the fly. You're absolutely right. And you see it with Nashville, too. I mean, it's it, these teams oh. that go halfway in, they, oh. it, they're not fully committed to yep. the rebuild. Perfect example. And, and this is what you get. Go ahead, Nick. Can you give me one player on Nashville that you would own right now in fantasy hockey? No. Outside no. of Yossi. Like, Yossi, <laughs> no. okay. I'm all wrong. I would, I would trade Yossi. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Like what maybe a train wreck. Like why did they, why is Laviolette not the coach in Nashville is my question, number one. And number two, why'd you hire John Hines? I love John Hines, but I don't know if he's good for that team. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like he joined them as an interim and you're yeah. wondering if they were going to make a change in the offseason and then I guess he just stuck on. So it's, uh, yeah, definitely questionable, I would say, especially how poorly things went with the devils past, you know, past year or so when yeah. he was there, it just was not a great trend for Heinz, but back to what you guys were saying, I will say like with, whether it's the penguins, if they choose to rebuild full fledged or something in between, or the LA Kings are tearing it down and doing a rebuild. And, you know, even the Rangers, uh, it was a quick thing because of the draft picks that they got the past two years and, and getting Panarin and free agency. But, you know, in general, it's a lot easier to tear it down and rebuild when you've won the cup before. I know it's been like mm -hmm. 30 years almost for the Rangers, mm -hmm. but the Kings won it twice. The Penguins won it like, what, three times in the past 15 years? Like the Sharks have never won the cup and the Predators have never won the cup. So like that is that extra pressure to keep it going in hope that maybe you could get lucky and make a playoff run. But it's just not realistic, you know, and it's burned both of those franchises. And what's the other familiar theme with those two teams? Two long-standing executives, right? In Doug Wilson and David yeah. Boyle, who have been there for a very, very long time, have had a lot of success. But I, I think you're right, specifically on Nashville, guys. Like, I thought there was a legitimate opportunity. Granted, again, we're still relatively early that they can squeak into a playoff spot. But some of the decisions they've made from a contract point of view, Matthew Shane, is he still in the NHL? Ryan Johansson, is he still in the NHL? Like these guys get 8 million bucks a season. Like yeah. it, it's scary to me. And you want these guys to play up the middle. So I think it really detracts from the value of guys like Victor Harvidson and poor Philip Forsberg, who just don't have the center depth, uh, you know, to help them along. I know Forsberg had a five point night a couple a week back against the Florida Panthers, but just from a fantasy perspective, it's like Nashville used to be a place where I'd go for fantasy success and for production. And now like they have the Norris winner and I'm scared to grab them, you know? 
it, it used to be that situation where you, these guys would fall in drafts, right? You could get them out to yes. the top 100. You'd get value there, especially with Arvidsson uh, and Forsberg, you know, when you get him around 75 overall, but you're just not going to see that. I, I think anymore for a few seasons. Now, one last thing I think this weekend we should touch on is the Colorado avalanche are set to return on Sunday. Apparently Nathan McKinnon might be able to play in this one, which yeah. would be huge uh, for fantasy managers of anybody on the avalanche. But I would just air out here that a guy like Brandon Saad, I mean, anybody really on their back end, certainly worth picking up. You could do a whole lot worse. I think this Avs team with a little bit of rest is just going to dominate the next couple of weeks here. Yeah. Not to mention Andre Skorakovsky, Andre Burakovsky, right? Like there's a lot of depth that you want to touch on in Colorado. I'm waiting for this team to maybe go on a tear. And again, I think it's important as a fantasy manager, go on your waiver wire and see if people have just lost patience, especially with all these guys missing so much time that maybe they, they drop a, you know, a Gerard who was dropped in one of my keeper leagues. Cause the guy just couldn't wait around. I, I think you have to be smart. I know it's kind of shocking to see that guy dropped in a, in a league, but I think desperate times call for desperate measures. So I think you have to look at Colorado guys because that team can score. Um, you know, they're getting healthier relatively. Again, they were banged up. And I think the, weirdly enough, the pause came at a good time for that team because half their roster was littered with injury. But even Phil Grubauer, guys, you know, I'll be the first to admit it. And again, granted, I always prefaced every answer when it came to Grubauer with full health. If he can stay healthy, he's going to be a good goalie here in a contract year. And so far, so good. They have to be pleased with this play. Yeah, he looks like an elite goalie. We got him yeah. at number three in our goalie rankings behind Vasilevsky and Tuka Rast. But yeah, back to their depth. I mean, even I wouldn't even write off Bowen Byram yet because yeah. right now, as of now, you're looking at maybe McKinnon and uh, Devon Taves could potentially return on Sunday against the Golden Knights, which is the game of the week. It has to be, even if, yes. the, even if the abs are a little slow starting. I mean... We'll see how they can hang in a game like that after Vegas has played a couple of games. But yeah, like if uh, Gerard is on the COVID list and, you know, they have they're banged up elsewhere. I know uh, Landeskog was on the COVID list most recently. So like Burakovsky must own, like you said, Kadri, people have been waiting on yeah. Byram. People have been waiting on. They'll be worth your while if you just be patient with those guys for another week. All those guys, especially the defensemen and Taves coming back from injury potentially like that's huge. He has to be owned in most leagues. Robbie knows it better than anyone. The defenseman landscape right now is oh. pretty horrible when you get outside the top 30, 35. It's <laughs> shot, Pete. It's absolutely <laughs> shot. I mean, if there's one position that you just wish this year wasn't a thing, it would be defenseman in fantasy. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. But they do. These two teams, Colorado and Vegas, play four times in the next nice. two weeks. So just watch out for Goliaths going head to head. And I will say, though, Nick, to kind of end here, you mentioned Phil Grubauer if he stays healthy. I mean, he's been great so far, but that is a major if. And with France so on the shelf right now, Hunter Miska is not going to win you games mm. as a backup. He's not especially not against the Golden Knights if anything did happen to Grubauer so probably just something you want to monitor closely obviously hold Grubauer at all costs the remainder of the season but certainly I think it's worth noting that if anything did happen there that would be the one kryptonite uh, for that Colorado Avalanche team okay before we put a bow on the Friday edition we'll, we got two games on the slate but first I want to ask Nick give me your power rankings give me your top five in the NHL as you see it I know it's tough because Colorado hasn't played although they're in the top five I think for sure but give me your top five real quick then we do DFS then slate breaker and then we wrap and I think we do this within like five minutes it's a rapid yeah. fire scenario go yep. ahead on the on the power five the top five I, 
I just wanted to add too. Did I miss something last night at T-Mobile Arena? Are they shooting another edition of Willy Wonka in the cho- chocolate <laughs> ch- factory? Um, I love the I helmets. Think- I have no problem with them. Love them. Mm-hmm. Okay, waiting for those Oompa Loompas. Um, no, I think I wanted to add as well that um, we we found out that Robin Leonard's banged up, right? So if you own Marc Andre Fleury, um, a sell high is really really smart right now, and I think there's just so much value in the goaltender. Um, as for my power rankings. You know, it's so hard to quantify, especially here in Canada. Like the Maple Leafs are playing excellent, but again, they always seem to bust in the postseason. Assuming Tampa gets full health, I think they're still the team to beat. I like Vegas this season, guys. I like the St. Louis Blues, um, the Washington Capitals. Okay, what's the order? Give me your top five. All right, go from five to one right now. I'm Let's telling do you it. right now. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> okay, okay. I just told you. Now you got to you got to recite what I said. Now I like Tampa number one. Okay, Vegas. Yeah. St. Louis, mm-hmm. Washington, mm-hmm. and uh, Colorado. Colorado's going to be on the list too. You're not putting it's just too hard. Did to you do. say Toronto? You didn't put Toronto in there. No. Look no. at the negative the, Maple Leafs. The, Leaf the North Division. The North Division. I am not loving it for regular season guys exactly. because I think it's going to be a major reality check yeah. when one of these teams gets to the postseason. That's the Habs. Fair Let enough. me just say this for the Habs fans. I, and I love the Habs. You guys know this, but. Mm. When they if they get to the postseason and they play a team outside the North Division, I think they're getting blown out of it. Like the doors are getting blown off the arena in that's in that scenario. Yeah, there's a good chance that whoever comes out of that North Division is gonna have a reality check whether they're playing an East or a West team like yeah. Tampa Bay or Boston. Uh I wanted to mention Boston for the second straight show. They are in my top five of the power rankings, maybe at number one. We'll see. Whoa. I do like Vegas and Colorado oh. a lot as well, but Boston has been as good as anybody right now. And uh, McAvoy's playing at some type of a historic level. I saw first eight game <laughs> point streak by a Bruins defenseman since Ray Bork. And then Ray Bork tweeted at him. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I like that the Rangers are plus 150 at home against Boston tonight, but I do not like that Panarin is questionable yeah. with a lower body injury. He's playing he misses- this year? Oh, yes, he actually is. <laughs> the bandage ad, though, I'm not sure. But uh, if, if Panera misses any time, this team is done. And they will be lottery again if he misses extended time. So keep an eye on that, fantasy managers. I, yeah. I don't think you can bet against Boston right now. I love the against the grain play. I always like a home dog. But I just don't think with Panera and questionable. And, and what are you going to do? Wait till like 659 to figure that one out. It's not worth yeah, it. Yeah, it's a, that's a tough one. Plus 150. I like the Rangers, but you just you can't do it with Panera and can't do it with him being out. And it'd be nice if Mika could score a goal. Guy snake bit. It's unbelievable. Is Chris Kreider playing this year, too? No, I was, I was just going to add um, the, the fascination with Boston guys and comebacks. Uh, you know, Jay Conn from NHL Network Radio, we're calling it the Jay Conn special. You wait for Boston to go down two, three goals. You lay money on even money for Boston to come mm-hmm. back and you gain money and you're happy about life, right? Love it. I, I, don't, I don't understand what it is, but Boston keeps doing it, guys. So look out for it. Yeah, it's the same thing with Vegas. If like Vegas goes into the third period, I've been saying it all year. If they go into the <laughs> yeah, third period yeah. down a goal or two goals, it's like an automatic, you know, look at Vegas as a huge underdog live line and away we go. What about Arizona? They're underdogs tonight against the St. Louis Blues, who they've beaten in three straight games. Arizona's plus 120 at home in that matchup. But I, again, I just, even though they've won three straight against St. Louis, I don't think I can get in the way of this Blues team. Bennington's been tremendous this year. Uh, all their defensemen, Justin Falk, has been a good, we were just talking about that, Pete, right? So I'd love to take the, the Coyotes here. They've been a great sneaky team, but I think I'm sitting the Friday slate out, to be honest with you guys. Ooh. 
Okay. One thing to watch, I think uh, OEL Oliver Ekman Larson maybe could be coming back. I think he's been skating this week. He's been out for a while, but yeah, uh, maybe that has a negative impact on Chikrin, but yes. maybe it doesn't. Maybe Chikrin's a good standalone regardless, and maybe they're playing two defensemen on the power play one, and both of those guys end up being valuable as the Coyotes look like maybe one of those teams that could sniff that fourth spot in the uh, West Division. I agree with Robbie. I don't love the slate tonight either. So it's, it's, I have no interest. So I'm going to go to Nick. It seems like Nick has something up his sleeve, a few things up his sleeve totals. What do you got, Nick? Give the list. I always something, have something I got to nothing. say. No, I was just going to say, I'm loving this 18 game series between Arizona and St. Louis. It's really a seven game <laughs> series. Uh, there's always that one team that plays the other well, right? Like, I talked about this on my broadcast last week that anytime Ottawa plays Montreal, they always play them strong. And we've seen that so far this season. To that point, Arizona always plays St. Louis strong. I think there's some DFS value in guys like Schmoltz and Dvorak's been hot. Don't sleep on Phil Kessel either. The guy's streaky. We talk about streaky goal scores. I think it happens soon. And I think you're so right, guys, when it comes to Chikrin. Even with uh, with Oliver ekman Larson coming in, I still like the value of Chikrin in fantasy hockey. For sure. Well, Nick, thanks so much for coming on. And again, big slate coming up on Saturday, but, you know, definitely hit up Nick at the Golden Muzzy, read his stuff at Sportsnet and uh, ask us questions all weekend long. It's going to be a busy weekend of the pucks. Nick, you got about 30 seconds to pop your new YouTube show or digital show. Fire away. It's uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to use this time to get people to, to pay money for my GoFundMe to get a haircut. But uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's called NHL Power Rankings, Sportsnet's NHL Power Rankings every week alongside my buddy Rory Boylan. We sort of we, we rank the NHL teams in a tier system. I created the names, mostly the Owen, Pound, uh, Owen Power <laughs> Contender Division. Love that. Okay. Um, but it'll, it'll be fascinating to see how teams jump up and down. It's been a lot of fun. And where do you find this show, Nicholas? It'll be on Sportsnet's, uh, you know, .ca or YouTube page. Okay, thank you very much. And when you when you list the teams, the power rankings, you actually give an order, right? Not like when I asked you and you start just throwing teams out there. Well, right? exactly, because okay, we don't good, usually good, put good. each other on the spot. We usually know from our <laughs> producer what's going on. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just right. a lot of fun, guys. Well, thank you, Nick. And I think this long hair version of you is the best we've seen yet in fantasy. So keep the picks coming. Golden Muzzy on Twitter, Pete and I up, excuse me, over the weekend too, at NHL Fantasy, at NHL Reese for me, and NHL Jensen for Petey. And we'll talk to you again next week with three more episodes. So for Bender, Alberga, Reese, and Jensen, thanks for listening. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll check back in with you next week.